Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and the Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda and I will be your host. And with me is Father Eli. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Real good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show once again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um, I guess do you want to do you want to run through what's going on this week for us since sure. we forgot to do that last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that real quick. <laughs> so there's not too much happening that's out of the ordinary, but we do have our parent meetings uh, tomorrow evening, so Wednesday night. Uh, we have one for the younger kids. I think it's uh, K through fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. I, uh, talk to Karen. Uh, <laughs> the younger kids are at 6 o'clock, and the older kids are at 7 o'clock. So the, basically, not the, for the children, but for their parents to come and just kind of get an overview of what we're doing for the year, because it's obviously going to have to look a little different this year. So we're hoping to do some Q&A, present, hey, this is what you're doing. And uh, obviously, registration is open, too. So um, that's happening. Next Tuesday, we have our first reconciliation for our students at Normally would have had first reconciliation last year, but we're um, we're uh, trying to get, get all that uh, taken care of here in the next week or so. So that's exciting. Uh, we do also have a funeral on Friday uh, down at Holy Family. So things happening in the parishes. Um, yeah, we have some finance council meetings coming up next week, I believe. So yeah, things happening. But uh, yeah, what are we talking about today, Dan? Uh, today we are talking about the... Uh but the transcendentals. Oh, transcendentals. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you probably have a better understanding of uh, what the word transcendental means than I do. But well, yeah, I was thinking I should probably look that up beforehand. But I, how I usually explain it is, you think about what it, what is transcend. It transcends. So it's like we're we're going over. We're we're rising above what is just the normal. So when we talk about the transcendentals, what we are talking about as Catholics is something that helps us see God or something that helps us transcend what we can see and ponder, think about, uh, contemplate the higher things. So God himself, the, tr- the, the things that come from God or the things that uh, lead us to God. So we transcend the, er- the earthly realm that we're living in. We, we go above. So I don't know if, if to me, it, when I hear the word transcend, I'm, I'm already thinking of like rising above. So it help, helps me to think that's what it means. But um, I don't know. Does that, does that yeah. help a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's it's good too, especially when, I mean, we're going to get into them. Um, but the three transcendentals, I guess I don't know if there's more or if it's like a strict, like these are what they are. But this yeah. is kind of what, I guess, what they are, what mm-hmm. um, we have come to yes. is the three transcendentals of truth, beauty, and goodness. Yeah. Um, which saying that these are the three things that um, reveal God to us, right. I guess, in a way, right? Right. Like the sort of like, I think of them as like pathways to God, th- ways that we come to know God. So a lot of people have no experience of faith, have no experience of religion, have no experience of like organized religion. So how does God speak to them? Or how how can it be that they can be drawn to God? I mean, you think of all the time you hear conversion stories or people coming to God and it's, yeah, a lot of times it's through a friend or through somebody that was inspirational, probably most of the time. But then there's other people who it's like they read their way into the church or they saw something beautiful and it put them on a path of like searching and looking for something greater than themselves. And so 
it's these paths by which God speaks to us or draws us to himself. And so that's that's what I would say. Uh, they, they, the, yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned, are there just three? There might be others, but these are the three that I've always heard talked about. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm not uh, an expert. I would say I'm, I'm a... Uh, a person who takes interest in these things, especially as an evangelist, <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I love, like, certain kinds of art, and when I see good art, it's like, oh, that's 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 exciting. Or when I see a beautiful sunrise, sunset, like, oh, that, like, it moves my heart. Um, I love reading, like, certain things that are, like, just kind of elicit very clearly the truth of our faith or of just reality, and, and sometimes uh, that can really speak to me. So, yeah, I think all of us have maybe the one or maybe two that speak to us more than others. But um, yeah, the transcendentals are definitely something that we uh, recognize, and it's 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 kind of like we put a name on something that is. It's not like a th- something we created, right? It's not a. Um, it's more of a we're naming a, a natural thing. We are all drawn to these things to some degree because they they speak to our inner soul of who we are, and yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, before we jump into them, uh, do you want to open us in a prayer? Oh, yeah. Good good idea. Let's start with a prayer before we get too down the road, down, far down the road. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we we take this moment today and we, um, as we talk about this, this topic of the transcendentals, and uh, I think we're going to focus on truth today, we ask that you would um, help us to share and to come to know you through these transcendentals, as you would speak to us, each in our own way, because you have a way, Lord, of, of speaking to our hearts. And it's not something we have to um, create or imagine, but it's something that is is present and have written into our hearts. And so we ask you, Lord, to help us uh, not only um, follow these transcendentals, but maybe just pay attention to them and, and see how it is that you are speaking us through the natural world, through the natural things that you've put into our lives. And we ask uh, today as we celebrate the, the memorial of um, Our Lady of Sorrows, we ask our mother to pray for us, especially anyone out there who may be suffering in some particular way, who's having a hard time, who's in difficulty, who's suffering um, anyway. We, we commend them to Our Ladies. We pray, Hail Mary, full oh, of grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Um, yes. So, diving into the transcendentals, and yeah, today we're going to be talking about truth specifically. But okay. b- before we do that, um, I think there's a couple of things we need to, I guess, know about transcendentals. Yeah. And right. Some groundwork. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Laying the groundwork a little bit, and I was I was looking, I was researching them mm-hmm. a little bit, and I always think it's interesting to see, um like just going onto like Wikipedia sometimes yeah. and seeing like, okay, what, what does, what does the, na- what does the, the culture or the society say about yeah. these things? Yeah. Yeah. That and um, it seemed like some of the ideas originally came from like Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I mean, this is pre-Christianity, yeah. um, which I mean, Aristotle, um, I've, I've heard many like people say that, oh, well, if Aristotle was around when Christianity became like, he would become Christian because there's yeah. so many ideals that, match up which who knows if he would have but yeah, yeah. but just it's interesting to see that a lot of the things that he wrote about is big within the catholic culture so yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a very clear thinker and a very organized thinker and so i think it was 
sort of a natural thing for Catholicism and Christianity to draw upon, because here's a, a philosopher who had a really good way of think, thinking well. And so, and yeah. Um, he's a seeker of wisdom. So in a sense, he's a seeker of truth and all that entails. So, yeah. 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 And it seems, so it seemed like he kind of realized that like, um, there are some things that just, um, yeah, I guess help us to, or maybe in a certain sense, like wow us. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be a good, like, secular definition of the transcendental yeah, instead yeah. of like you know help us to like experience god or think about god but maybe yeah. just like wow us a little yeah, bit some, something that we would put on youtube or or facebook or whatever some kind of social media they didn't have that back then but this this is worthy of putting yeah or posting about or whatever yeah 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 and i think um yeah it was it was interesting to to kind of see that and um and then it, it does have you know, even in like looking it up on Wikipedia, it like was talking about Christianity hmm. and how um yeah, truth, beauty and goodness are all things that um that has kind of that Christianity has kind of lashed onto a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and I think something that um is very just interesting about the, these transcendentals and why I th- is is because they're not just tied down to Christianity or religion in that aspect. Like, right. like everybody, they're human ways of speaking and thinking and yeah. organizing and yeah, yeah. That's it is interesting. I mean, I think probably philosophy, the Catholic Church, maybe other Christians. I'm not sure would sort of have a market on in terms of its current use, but the the concept is not a Christian concept necessarily. It's it's a human concept of transcending what is in front of us and um how do we do that or how does that happen to us more so so yeah and uh it's kind of like we all we're all searching for what's true what's good and what's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah. um i was watching a video from matt frad oh, yeah. um who he is a australian yeah. um matt frad <laughs> yeah i can't do enough uh, uh and he's um in the video he was kind of uh i wouldn't maybe use the word intense with it. Um, but he was talking about how we are, we're all searching for what's good, true and beautiful. Even when we sin, we're searching for like, we're attempting to find a good. Yes. Um, and beautiful. Yeah. And, or something that's true, something that's beautiful, but we're just basically conditioning ourselves wrong. Um, and so, so yeah, I kind of thought that was really interesting that we're all kind of searching for what's good, true and beautiful. And, but we can condition ourselves to not actually like what's true, good, and beautiful or search for something that's, you know, false, Distorted. bad, and ugly or something like that. Right, right. Um, and so, but, but I think, especially something when, and we'll kind of get into this more probably when we talk about the beautiful, but um, like the true, the good, and the beautiful, there's subjectivity and there's objectivity in mm, that. Very important concepts. Yeah. And so I don't know, you kind of want to break that down a little bit? Sure, sure. So subjective, a lot of times we would say something is subjectively true or objectively true. And basically subject, we're talking about the, from the person's perspective. So from my perspective, when we you mentioned that beauty is sometimes subjective, like I'm not a huge proponent of modern art. I don't, I don't find it beautiful. Um, but there are forms of certain kinds of art that are kind of appealing across the board like 
I would say like somebody who's like does graphic artists and a, a graphic artist person, they would they would know kind of like how to arrange things so that it kind of appeals to the eye. So there's sort of natural proportions or things that kind of appeal to us. So in that sense, there's some subjective some subjectivity to it, but there's also an objective. So the object refers to the object itself. So that in itself, it's a beautiful thing. It conforms to beauty, or in itself, it's a true thing. It's a it's not dependent on what I think or you think. It's, you know, like, um, you could say the sun is hot. Like, that's that's objective, right? I could subjectively say, I don't think the sun is that hot. I'm, or, or I'm, you know, I, I think there's, I, I think it's actually cold. You know, you, you could say that, but the reality is the sun is this huge ball of gas that's burning, right? And it's, it's hot. You know, what it, you know, you could say subjectively, objectively, what is hot? What are you? Where, how are you defining hot? Like burning, burning my face off, hot. You know, like if I was closer to the sun, it'd be hot. So, you know, it depends on how you want, how specifically you want to get. The sun is this many degrees Celsius. What you could say that, right? But um, the idea is, outside of myself, there's a truth out there, or there's a beauty out there, or there's a good out there that doesn't depend on me for its own. You know, it's it's. It's going to look the same, or the reality of it is the same for all of, all of us as we look at it. We might there might be some people who object to it or don't like it or um, would try to argue with it. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, the sun is going to be hot. Or uh, another one you could could say like um, water is is wet. You know, it's you know these kind of things. They're kind of obvious, and sometimes you have to get to that level so you can talk about it. But um, so subject of, again depends on the subject it can be kind of like what's my favorite color you know you're gonna have a different color than I am and that's fine um, but objectively you know I'm pointing at a piece of yellow paper right now this paper is yellow um, you know it I know it everybody knows it if like, somebody's colorblind they might not know it but that doesn't change the color of the paper it's still yellow right so yeah yeah is that too confusing <laughs> <laughs> no I I think that's good yeah. Um, yeah, cause we're referring to either to the object that we're all looking at together or the subject internally making a decision or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, th I think this is something that's important for just our society today because there is right. so much of, um, so especially good. coming today, we're talking about truth. So we can kind of gear towards truth specifically now. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's just so much relativism where, you know, there's, I mean, it's basically its own religion now yeah, <laughs> um, right. where the idea behind it is, you know, everything is relative to the person. And so I can think, oh, I believe that that yellow paper is blue mm -hmm. and uh, that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. And then um, someone else can say, oh, I mean, I guess like you do you. That was kind of the. Like when I was in college, that was, that was the saying. <laughs> that that was the saying was, you you do you. Um, so like yeah, like yeah. If you want to believe that blue that yellow paper is blue, you can believe that yellow paper is blue. You're not harming me at all, mm -hmm. um, by that. Right. And so like, why should I tell you anything different? Right, right. That's kind of I guess. Yeah. A very so when we talk about like the color of paper, you know, we can all kind of say agree to say like, well, that's not such a big deal. But then when we start talking about other things that are more kind of pertinent to our life, like, uh, and what's something that's, you know, there's lots of things, but maybe, for instance, in our culture right now, there's a whole 
question of gender and you know what what is gender you know is there such thing can we say that uh there's biological sex and so forth these kinds of things you know that's going to be like our laws depend on some of these things like which bathroom you use or uh what sport you're like if you can be on the girls team or the boys team kind of depends on some of these things and we're we're seeing that in our culture right now there's some confusion about this there's a disagreement on if if i want to say that i'm a woman for instance some people are saying that's okay for you as a man to say that you are a woman and we're going to treat you as a woman and other people are saying uh no you have to you're biologically a male and so that's 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 who you are that's what you are and we're not going to call you something else so that's that's an area right now that's say very pertinent in our culture but there's lots of other areas that are maybe less politically um what's the word treacherous ground to cover so yeah sure yeah um and uh so i i looked through the catechism and found little nuggets where it talks about truth and i think this might be a good kind of jumping off point for us when it comes to this yeah um so um one one this is from um paragraph 2467 but it just says man tends by nature toward the truth mm-hmm. which i think um relates very well to kind of what we we're talking about of how it transcends us because yes. just how we as humans like by our nature and by just how we were designed we we kind of gravitate toward what what's yeah. true we don't want to live in a lie right so if if we know something is not true we have a really hard time saying i'm going to live my life by this thing that i know is a lie that's why um you know we don't like indoctrination or things like that that kind of tell us certain things that we disagree with because we don't want to we don't want to live by a lie or something that we don't believe so um yeah it's we're we're drawn to truth and as soon as we know the truth or what we even if we think we know the truth and we're wrong we still would hold on to it right so the truth is something that draws us even if it's a false truth that we are drawn to or we think is right we'll we'll, we'll be willing to fight for it or kind of to some degree at least most of us would be willing to say i'm going to stand up for what i think is true you know most of us won't say i'm going to stand up for what i know is a lie i'm not gonna i mean there's that old saying like the early church all the first apostles except for john were martyred if they were getting martyred for a lie you, you know would they would they've given their lives for that probably not right um, we're willing to give our lives sometimes if we're courageous for something we believe in and we know is true but we would never say i'm gonna i'm gonna die for something that i know is false like you know we, we wouldn't do that so yeah and actually i think the next sentence i didn't write it down i should have but it talked about something like how martyrdom is one of the like best like showings of truth mm, yes because if like if you want to yeah if you want to die for something then you believe that is true yeah right, right. um yeah and I, I i think um i mean this is obviously something that yeah people could you know uh someone could die for something that is false but if they believe it to be true right um yeah and that's my might be where it's good to kind of de- at least touch on um, false goods or false truths. Yeah. Because um, we can get tricked, right? We can get tricked into believing something that is is false. Like, 
you look at history and it's happened. Um, you look at like Nazi Germany, for instance, and the things that some of the German people believed or were told they should believe or, you know, all of them maybe didn't always believe, but they didn't have the voice to stand up and say, I'm, I'm going to go against this. Like Jews aren't bad people in principle or um, you know, all the people that were persecuted, there were Catholics that were persecuted, there were homosexuals that were persecuted. There's all these people that were kind of basically the, the Nazi regime said these people are not worth having or they're not good people or they're less less uh human beings they kind of talked about the ubermensch you know the, the superman kind of and they had an idea of what that was um and they sort of used this mentality to kind of to split up society and say you're worthy of life or you're worthy you're good we're going to include you in society these other people are all bad and we're going to get rid of them or put them to the side so um you know we we can get tricked into certain things as humans we're we're fallible right so we can make mistakes we can make mistaken judgments or we can get swept up in movements or things that maybe appeal to us uh it's very interesting from us for us it's easy to look at the german people at that time or the nation or whatever you want to say that the people who became nazis and so forth you can look at them and say these are just bad people but you have to look at what the context was they had just fought world war one you know 20 years before they had lost that war. They've been going through kind of a Great Depression with the rest of the world, and um, and they had fought that war. For us as Americans, I think we have a little bit dis misunderstanding of World War Two or World War One rather. For us, um, there's so much that goes into it. But for those nations that lived, like Germany and France and England, they lost so many people in that First World War, and it was so. Uh, such a conflict that changed the, their culture and their life and everything. So when that war ended, it, nothing was d the same afterwards. And also uh, for the, the side that lost, they were asked, they were told that they had to pay for the whole war. And so it was kind of this, um, it didn't really set itself up for peace. So for them, that's the context they're coming out of. So they're looking to blame somebody or they're looking to get back or they're looking to um, kind of reshape and, and win back what they lost after that war. So you can see how a political movement, uh, a, a philosophy, um, whatever, can appeal to people in certain contexts, and they can start to want something that's not true, or they can start to be uh, kind of have the wool pulled over their eyes in a sense. Because we would look at it and say, how did how did this happen to a society? How did how did they all believe a lie? You know, or you could even look at like the different like the Marxist uh, revolutions that have happened in different places in the world. How do people give away their freedom? How do they surrender to this overarching government that just takes away everything? And how do they give themselves to this and say that this is a good thing, we want this? And so I think it's always important to know what somebody's context because that will often tell us why this lie was appealing um, or why this truth would be appealing too. So um, I don't know, that was kind of a long tangent. Yeah, but it's it's good though that we have to remember because yeah, it, you know, like hindsight, it is just it's easy to just be like, oh well, you know, they like they're all guilty by association or something like that, mm -hmm. or yeah. you know, even in like even in today's world, people who we don't agree with, right. it's easy for us to be like, oh well, this is why you're wrong because A, B, and C, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's not as easy or simple as that, yeah, right, yeah. Um, right. and I guess this is not 
uh, this is just, I guess, me just going off <laughs> on another tangent, but how, because I think, I think truth is maybe the most difficult one out of truth, beauty, and goodness to probably talk about, mm-hmm. which is funny because, or ironic, because truth is the one that's should be black and white. Right. Right. So, um, it's very objective, not subjective. Yeah. So, so how do we, as Catholics, try to really hone into this transcendental of truth when it is maybe even just more like, um, like it's not always black and white, mm-hmm. or it is black and white, but there's so many more. It's I guess just harder because it's just maybe politically charged at times, right? Or um, or, or, or or there's layer of, of complexity. Yeah, you know, because because people's subjective experiences. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know how what people experience in their own lives will shape their truth right. to a certain extent, right. or like right. what they perceive to be true, right? Or what they want to be true, or what they want to be true. Yeah. And yeah. so how do we, um, maybe go around that entire yeah. dynamic? Yeah. Not to bring up another example of something that could could be potentially politically charged, but I think it's a really good example because we can all identify with it. But um, so we know as Catholics that we don't um, we don't go for like homosexual marriage, right? But we all know, probably most people know somebody who identifies as a homosexual or whatever. They they would say that this is the kind of person I am or want to be or whatever. And so we can identify with that, like, oh, I know that my church says this, but I don't want that to be true because I know this person, and they're a good person, and I don't want to tell them that they're wrong, or I don't want to tell them that they can't be that way, or whatever. We can, that that subjective part of it can come in and try to, and then we kind of wrestle with that, like, what do I do with this? I I love this person, I know this person well, they're a family member or whatever. Um, How do I share with them the truth that my faith is based upon, and so they can get kind of complex there. It can get a little, it can get a little murky of like what, how do we look at that? You know, so the Catholic perspective is you know, everybody's has dignity, everybody's good, but not all ways of living are good for us or um, even in line with our our full dignity. I mean, that's a that's another conversation for another time. But um, I think just that that reality of this is an area right now in our culture where where there's differences of opinion. Um, the, at the end of the day, it's either true that God doesn't care or doesn't have, doesn't draw the lines of like, um, you know, homosexual acts are good or bad. He either says they're good and they're fine, or he says they're bad and they, they shouldn't be done. Um, how you get there, how you reason through that is a whole conversation, right? And I don't think we're ready to go there yet, but um, it's either one or the other. So the truth is it's one or the other, right? It can't be both. They can't be both good and both bad at the same time. So that's back to your comment about relativism. Relativ- relativism would say it's okay. You can have one or the other. They can both be true, and everybody's happy. And we as Catholics, are, we don't like relativism. We'd say, no, let's, let's distinguish. Let's look at it. Um, the, the person is good, but the acts are bad, and so we need to kind of look at that. So um, to me, that's that's a clear example where subjectively we can identify with something that we struggle with, but the reality that this is true, and I need to I need to try to reason my way through this, and, and it can be challenging sometimes. I don't know. Does that t- 
did I go too far off that on that on that? Yeah, tangent? no, I, I think that's a, a great example. And I mean, there's plenty more things probably, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, that are like that also where, um, yeah, where it gets complicated right. just yeah. on a personal level. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so many things. I mean, there's there's lots of landmines when we talk about like political things right now. But whichever candidate you're looking at right now, you could you could say uh, the other candidate is is a terrible person and they're bad. And and you know we could we could go into all that. But at the end of the day, um, every person has dignity. Every person is good. So both candidates are good people in that sense that, that God created them good. Now, are their policies good? Are there are what are they you know how are you going to measure like how do i decide what what to do with that is another question but um i think in our culture right now we're we're very messy in our thinking we don't make distinctions we oftentimes make very simple we want we want things to be true or false we want to kind of make those distinctions but it when it comes down to like trying to draw some lines we're not always very clear in what we're what we're saying or the language that we use, and part of that we're we're not trained or we're we haven't gotten a lot of um, we're not used to it. It's kind of like our culture has become used to messy languages where we want to. I want like something in a in a couple sentences to tell me something. Like we when we read news or we listen to news, it's like a clip here, a clip there, but we really don't look at the context of what what was that set when was that said and what was the context of that comment or whatever and so we've kind of we've kind of gotten away from like let's look at something together let's read something and let's discuss it and talk through the different things that you could either look at it this way and this way let's make an argument for this and then you're going to make a counter argument to that we don't really do that very often because it's a lot of work and it's a lot easier just to say yeah i don't i don't agree yeah my opinion is this (laughs) yeah yeah and uh when i was looking through some of the stuff, I kind of, it kind of posed the question to me sometimes, like, am I searching for truth or am I searching to be right? Uh, I think that's, that's something that are kind of what you're, wait, kind of just what you're talking about. Like so many times do we search to be right mm-hmm. over searching truth. Right. And, or even searching for what we want and then kind of yeah. looking for, well, we can find anything on the internet, right? You can, yeah. Look, this article, or this person says this, and therefore it's true, and that agrees perfectly with what I want. So that's what I'm going to go with. And rather than being open to the possibility that maybe, maybe I need to get a little bit more clear on what I believe or think, we don't want to be challenged, right? We'd rather just be confirmed in in what we believe or what we think or what our opinion is. Um, and so it's hard. It's hard to be open, yeah, to looking at it differently. Yeah, and I, I think I mean I struggle with that too, especially coming from the kind of Catholic perspective that we have the mm-hmm. truth, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to be like, we have the truth, but now I have to be willing to challenge mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to make, like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind it of... It takes a certain level of faith, actually, yeah. um, it, what you're saying. It, it takes a level of faith to say, okay, I know the Catholic faith, um, but I'm willing to enter into a dialogue with somebody because I I have faith that God will lead us both together. If we if they do this dialogue well, and we are faithful to seeking truth, we're faithful to uh, wanting and seeking what's best for each other, that it will lead us to God. 
and that that'll be confirm a confirmation of what I believe, not leading me in a different way. So it is, it, in a sense, it, it takes us a level of faith to kind of say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go through this process because oftentimes we'll, what our catechesis has been or has been over, over the centuries or whatever is not telling us why we believe, but just telling us what we believe and not really giving us a lot of ability to defend that or to say why this is. Um, I think this happens a lot of times with, our, with us as you know, when we're sharing the faith with our children is we know the certain things that we believe, like we know we should go to Mass, we know we should uh, receive the sacraments, we know certain things, but why? Why should I go to Mass? Why should I get married in the Church? Why should I receive the sacrament of reconciliation? Why should I get confirmed in the Church? Why should I do all these things? Like a lot of, I think a lot of Catholics would say, I don't have a good explanation for that. I don't have a good way of reasoning through that. Um, you know, if you, if you ask them, what does the church say or what does the church teach on something, I think they'll be able to say, a lot of adults, a lot of people who have been formed in the church will be able to say, it's this, or it's at least close to this. Um, but if you ask them why, and you kind of press them and say, I don't agree with that, or I give them you an art, a counter argument, a lot of Catholics will just fall back and say, well, it's what the church teaches. I don't, I don't have a better answer than that. Yeah. And, and that is not very satisfying. <laughs> so yeah, I think that goes back to the whole idea of the whole principle of transcendentals, though, is that it's we're looking at something that's true. It's uh, we're looking at something that rises up out of humanity. It's not something that's created because um, sometimes we look at our faith or as our religion as something that's man-made or something that's malleable or something that can shift and the reality is Catholicism is all based on what is, you know, what what the reality is. So, you know, yes, it's beliefs, it's, it's, we rely on faith, but our faith says we didn't just come up with this religion, we didn't just make decisions of how we wanted to practice it and live it or whatever, it all comes from God. And so, um, yeah, very interesting connection, but. Yeah, and to kind of build off that on the, um, so this is from um, paragraph uh, 2500 from the Catechism. But it says, truth is beautiful in itself, mm-hmm. which I think is, I mean, it was one, it's a connection to beauty in the mm-hmm. Transcendentals, but mm-hmm. I don't think our culture looks at truth as beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes on to say, truth in words, the, ra- the rational expression of the knowledge of created and uncreated reality. Um which I thought was a pretty good explanation of truth too. Yeah, like can you the, say that second part again? One yeah, so uh, truth in words is the rational expression of the knowledge of created and uncreated reality. Mm, I like that. Um, which I think if we kind of think of it that way, like the rational expression of reality, mm-hmm. Um. So it's like knowing reality, basically. Yeah. yeah, which which also kind of takes it out of the subjective view. Yes. I think, like for me, just hearing that, um, because it's easy to think about, oh, but this is my experience, but it kind of taking it out of that personal experience into just like what is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe helps too. Um, and which I think, um, I don't know who says this, but um, I, this might even just be like I don't know if it's religious or not but it's like we attack ideas not people 
Yeah. And I think I think that's that's how I think that's from like some random YouTuber I watch. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, yeah. but 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 I it's a good I, principle. I, but yeah, I, that kind of makes me think of that too because it's like yeah, we need to we need to kind of attack and go like go through ideas when really our culture likes to attack people, not ideas. Right. right. Um. So so yeah, I, just thinking about that, I think kind of helps me get a grasp on truth also because when we're talking about an idea or a concept or a belief even we can separate it from ourselves right and so we we can look at it together and talk about it together without being uh attacked which is kind of more often our experience of and i think that's why so often we are afraid to disagree with other people whether it's publicly or uh, we're we're afraid to say "I, i don't agree with that or or if we do disagree, we kind of we feel like we have to be aggressive or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. why can't we just say, well, I I wouldn't say it that way, or I I I don't think that's quite right. And then let's enter into a discussion about that. And you know, how often do we have that experience? Usually, when somebody disagrees with us, it feels like a threat, or it feels like a um, like we kind of bristle a little bit and like, ooh, what's going to happen here? You yeah. Know? Yeah, and. I like that first part too, where it just says truth is beautiful in itself, mm-hmm. um, because, um, yeah, because that's that's not a way that we look at truth or are used to looking at truth. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about all of this beforehand, um, I just thought about how a sunset is a great example of I think just a transcendental that kind of checks all the boxes, mm-hmm. um, because that's something that is beautiful mm-hmm. and probably bigger in the beauty aspect but there's something about like a sunset or a sunrise or mountains mm-hmm. or something like that where you're just like there's a movement inside of us that's like that's true yeah like i don't i don't know why i can't explain it mm-hmm. but it's true yeah and so it's part of reality yeah. um yeah yeah it's just um and so i i think it's 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 interesting and good for us to start to think of truth as something that can can be beautiful mm-hmm. that is something outside of ourselves rather yeah. than just something that we create ourselves yeah yeah and i think that's important and 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 kind of taking that thought of like okay like a sunset can be true um so therefore like also something that's true like an idea can be beautiful mm-hmm. right um mm. so uh, yeah that's something that i don't know might need to think about more mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah and i think sometimes when we think about how truth is beautiful or truth is something that leads us outside of ourselves. Uh, we don't always, like, there's lots of truths out there, right? But when we defend a truth that's uh, inherent to our faith or something that upholds our faith, why is it beautiful? Why is it good? It's because we depend on that truth to, to live within a certain, live a certain way. So, um, for instance, uh, we're built, we're made for community. This is this is a truth that comes from God. Um, we're made, we're communal beings, right? So we we're made for a communion with one another. This is a truth. It's it's something that if we know is true and hold on to, it's something that resonates in our heart. I think most people can say, yes, I devi- desire to be around other people. Maybe not all the time. Like some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts. So we might have other ways of relating. But at the end of the day. 
I'm made for being in fellowship with other people. And to know that should that to know that reality should influence the way that we sort of organize ourselves as a society, as a as a church, as a nation, as a or different organizations. We're communal people. We work better when we're around others. Um, we can do more together. We complement one another. There's all these aspects of communion, communion and community um, that if we deny that and say, I'm meant to be a hermit that never is around. I mean, there are hermits, right? But even that, they desire communion, but they have it with God so so profoundly that they're able to go long times without maybe being around other people or whatever. But there's there's a sense where we're made for communion, right? We're not made to be just on our own. And so if we didn't know that about ourselves, we might say, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not complete? Or why am I, why am I always looking for something out there? Why am I always never satisfied with just myself or whatever? Like, we're meant to have that, right? That's part of us. It's And so that truth, to, to know that, kind of sets us free from the, the, the need to kind of try to figure out something out that we're never going to figure out. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah. Yeah. So knowing truths, being drawn to them it, outside of ourselves, I think, and know, knowing them in a way that helps us kind of form our how we're living or decide how we're going to live our lives is very helpful. Yeah. And I think that's a good example too, because it's just, a, that's something that every person deals with. And, um, I think it's, it's good too, to have examples of this that aren't maybe the like hot ticket, like yeah. issues too. Right. Right. Like, um, um, yeah, just to think about it. like, yes, like, like a truth of that we know about ourselves is that we are relational people. Mm-hmm. And or you can be something as simple as like, we're meant to have like a balanced diet. You know, yeah. when we eat well, we feel better, uh, our bodies work better, all these kinds of things. Um, you know, this is scientifically proven. Like, right? So it's not, it's not just a concept or an idea. But w- if somebody eats terrible, McDonald's every day or whatever, I don't know, whatever, whatever uh, bad food is out there. If they just eat bad food that's not good for them, we're gonna see it, right? And if they eat good food every day. We're going to see it, and if we eat the right amounts and so forth, it's going to have a difference on how we, how we feel, how we live. Um, so, it's a demonstrable truth, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, this is the last thing that I have. All right. For um. um for truth for us to discuss, and it also comes from the Catechism, the same paragraph as the last one we did. So, um, two thousand five hundred. But it's not, it says, um, truth can also find other complementary forms of human expression, um, above all, when it is a matter of evoking what is beyond words. Mm. So the depths of the human heart, the exaltations of the soul, and the mystery of God. Mm. Can you say those three one more time? Yeah. So uh, the depths of the human heart, the exaltations of God, and the mystery, or sorry, exaltations of the soul and the mystery of God. So these are three things that sometimes we don't have words for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, so truth can. Um, these truths yeah. transcend our ability to even describe them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to that. Um, even with one another sometimes as human beings 
we've probably all had the experience of feeling something inside of ourselves that we can't communicate to a loved one or somebody that we care deeply about. You know, I think about like the first time you're maybe in love with somebody and you're willing to admit it to yourself and you're in the presence of that person. It's like, how do I, what do I do with this thing that I know is true? Uh, I have this feeling, but I don't know how to express it and I can't, I don't have words for this. And when I try, it's inadequate or it feels inadequate. You know, that'd be a, a simple example. The things that you mentioned are, you know, way more, yeah, that's why we, we would say we can't quite grasp them. But we've had this, these experiences of not being able to capture with words or communicate ourselves to uh, something that we know or feel within us. Yeah. And this is something, too, that I think connects to the other transcendentals mm-hmm. also. Because mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking about music. Yes. Okay. And how mu- music is a good example of how, like, I don't know how to put this in words, but I can, you know, like, play something. Mm-hmm. Or, because um, I know, like, for me, um, I, I, I know about myself that I'm not very good about talking about my feelings mm-hmm. or even totally knowing my feelings. Yeah. But there's, um, there'll be times that, uh, like through music, I'm just like, oh, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like I don't actually know how like uh, how I'm feeling, sure. but then I hear something. I'm like, oh, that's actually like a good, like I can kind of figure out more of that through this like beautiful pe- like work yeah. of art, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I th- kind of how they connect and how, um, you know, that's part of the reason that we have music in mass, right? Is to help us mm-hmm. to to like praise God right. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is in a different way or a level, a step up from how, just saying it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, the expression of the heart. Yeah. yeah, that's so fascinating how there's other ways of communicating ourselves that in themselves fall short at some point too, but that go beyond our ability to, to speak. I mean, I think of like people who are great artists and they come up with these ways of expressing themselves through music that just move the heart. Like you can hear the sound of whatever instrument or whatever in their voice or whatever, something that communicates to us immediately things that it's not like they're saying, well, I feel sad right now, but, um, but I'm not quite sad about this. It's like, it's not a conversation. It's, it's communicates itself like in a different way. So yeah, it's very fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I guess do you have any final thoughts wow. about the about truth? Oh, truth, yeah. Um, I just love truth. It's uh, it's probably the transcendental that I've come to grow closest to, or something that I because it's kind of dependable. You can kind of like beauty is like you might not feel in a certain moment that you like this music or you like this. Um, song or whatever, but um, you can. I think what for myself when I read something um, that's true, whether it's philosophy or theology or even just somebody expressing themselves, and it resonates with me, like it makes me want to to know more of it, or like it kind of draws me. And um, so, I just encourage people. Not everybody is gonna. That's not ever gonna be everybody's key to how they come to know God is through truth. We can't all have one that we maybe 
gravitate towards more than others. But for me, uh, I just encourage people out there, don't be satisfied with less than the truth. Uh, don't don't follow. Don't be timid in seeking the truth either. Like have have courage to say, I might not like this truth right now, but I feel like this is true, and I need to follow it, or I need to understand it more. Like have that curiosity, or have that ability to um, go beyond what seems comfortable, and seek, and and ask, and and pray about, and think about what might be true or what you feel might be true, even though it poses a question of like, how do I, what do I deal with that? How do I deal with that now that this is true? Um, Cause I think a lot of times we're willing to, to examine truth up to a certain point, but when that, when it asks us to change something in our lives or to, to live differently, then we kind of pull back and we say, I don't want to go there. Cause if I, if I believe that and I actually say, yes, this is true. And that means I have to change how I live or what I'm doing in my life, that's uncomfortable or that's a lot of work and I don't, I'd rather not go there. So uh, my encouragement would be take that step. Don't be afraid to seek the truth and trust that if you do, it will bring you to a better place. It'll bring you to a place of freedom, a place of um, experiencing beauty, goodness, truth in an even more powerful way, one that, a way that'll, that'll uh, transcend this this life so well that was a great closing statement (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) well uh thank you father for your wisdom and uh thank you everyone for uh listening and yeah we will see you back here next week when we are talking about beauty awesome